Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio from me is Michael Swain of Fog.net. Um, Michael, I bought, I bought a new coat in anticipation of this, this tonight's episode. It's, it, it's, it's a momentous occasion here, and, it, and I will tell you what, Fitz, that suits you really well. I like this coat a lot. I'm just going to wear it around the house. My wife's here tonight. I'll just wear it around the house. After shower, I'll just throw it on. You can interact with us on social media. I feel bad for her. Uh, <laughs> at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show. On Twitter, at The Drive 13. And, of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we will start things off with our two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Michael, Kansas lost back-to-back games this week for the first time this season. It doesn't happen very often ever. With the latter of those two losses coming in blowout fashion to TCU, what went wrong for KU this week? Well, Fitz, outside of KU missing open shots in back-to-back games, I think you got to look at Saturday's game being probably more concerning, right? Teams are going to lose in the octagon of doom this season. But at Allen Fieldhouse, Kansas doesn't lose very often, and this snapped a long home conference winning streak. And I think Bill Self wanted to talk about defense post-game. He didn't want to talk about scoring or the bench. It was defense. And I think you can look at the two halves and the different performances you saw from Kansas. In the first half, TCU made six three-pointers. They entered conference or Saturday's game shooting the worst three-point percentage of anyone in the Big 12, about 25%. They were averaging three and a half makes per game entering Saturday's game. They made six in the first half. For the game, TC went 15 of 20 at the or at the rim shooting on layups. I think now you're seeing some teams maybe figure out that hey, KJ Adams is six foot seven, six foot eight. We can drive at him. And I think you're starting to see a team like K-State, a team like TCU, really, really try and attack him. And so defensively now, this is pretty concerning because each game in Big 12 play, you've seen teams attack KU different ways. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma both hit KU for highs in three-point percentage and then two-point percentage. And then you look this week and you allow over 80 points granted in an overtime game in Manhattan. But again, 80 points to TCU on Saturday. So right now, this is a team that is not playing the same level of defense that it was early in the season. 
Fizz, we sat here in December and talked about how great Kansas was defensively against Missouri and Indiana, and this looks like a shell of itself in terms of a team. Now, I think at times, under Bill Self, KU can struggle in January, and I think at times you're seeing that right now where the intensity isn't there, but it has to be there night in and night out in this conference because if you're not, a team's going to light you up for 80 points, and the challenge for KU is now they get to go big Monday against Baylor. There are no cupcakes in this league, and defensively, Kansas has to step up or else more teams are going to drop 80 points on them, and if they're not making shots, it's going to be really hard to match that point total. TCU sums up the Big 12 so perfectly. They beat Kansas State, and I knew TCU was going to be a matchup issue for KU. They're so long and athletic. And then they beat KU. In between, they lose to West Virginia. You just can't figure it out. It's amazing, this conference. It is. It's incredibly competitive, and you know, competitive team has also been K-State, who played in back-to-back home games, beating Kansas and Texas Tech. The Wildcats should be ranked in the top 10 on Monday. How is Jerome Tang and his program doing this, Fitz? It's incredible. It really is. I don't think anyone in their wildest dreams expected this from the K-State basketball program at this point with Jerome Tang. Maybe in the future, maybe not even next season, but what they've done this season is absolutely incredible. And the way he's put together this team into a cohesive unit, considering they only retained two players from last year's team, brought in 11 new players, redshirted three. Um, so, you know, you've got in their in their rotation of 10 players, you got seven newcomers, including Keontae Johnson and, and other key contributors. It's just, they're fun to watch. And they attack the rim offensively. They can shoot it from outside. Um, but what I found amazing about this team is, is how much Jerome Tang and his coaching staff improved players. And we're seeing it with players that we're not as familiar with. I mean, if you look at some of the numbers from the guys that came in through the transfer portal, you know, Keontae Johnson was a known commodity, but he hadn't played in two years because of his heart issue. He's putting up similar or better numbers than he did at Florida. Uh, you got guys like Desi Seals and Cam Carter, the other guards, that never had this kind of success. And Desi Seals is playing out of his mind right now. Uh, but Marquise Noel, the known commodity out of that group I just mentioned, his numbers have been amazing. Even though he didn't score big numbers against TCU or Kansas, he did rally against Texas Tech to have some nice numbers. But he showed how these players learn from their, their setbacks. They didn't play well at TCU. And so much of Marquise Noel, was his game fell apart because he was struggling to score. And he let it impact everything else. So they come back against Kansas. Kansas does a great job taking him away as a scorer, but he did everything else that the team needed him to do, and it helped the team win. Jerome Tang, I think the biggest surprise here, is an amazing X's and O's coach set aside with everything else. He knows how to put together a team, and I think this is the most uh, promising thing about the program is he can recruit, but now we know he can coach, and that could carry K-State basketball an awfully long way, including this season, which, as I started off saying, Michael, none of us expected at all. Well, Fitz, you mentioned right there, the coaching part of it. I got to go back to Tuesday. The law play to Keontae. Yeah. Are you kidding me? The, the cojones it takes to call that and execute it. I mean, it's just incredible, and it's been super, super impressive. Yeah, I mean, they executed it perfectly. That's what, uh, and it's been a long time, so let's be blunt here, that K-State had a guy that could go up higher to grab a yeah. lob and dunk it, and he went out and found some Jimmys and Joes. It pays off. Well, Michael, we're a third of the way through conference play. How would you evaluate the Big 12 title race thus far? We're already a third of the way through. Yeah. It feels like we've been going on for just a few days here, but it's been incredibly competitive. And the team I look at right now lurking in the background is Baylor. They're yep. back in the top 25. They're on a few-game winning streak, and now I think this big Monday game between Kansas and Baylor, I mean, it's a must-win for Kansas. Losing three games in a row is not something that happens at Kansas in Big 12 play very often. 
but you look at Baylor and their championship pedigree. It is a new look roster for the most part, but it is still Scott Drew. And I have a feeling that this game is going to come down to the final few minutes like every single Big 12 game has. And I think right now you look at K-State at the top of the conference, they've surpassed expectations. They've been incredible. I wonder if there's a chance that they come back down to earth at some point. I think this test for K-State in Ames, Iowa is going to be a huge challenge. Iowa State plays incredibly well in that building, and it's going to be really tough. Kansas, you have Baylor, but then all of a sudden you have the Big 12 SEC showdown, and I'm very interested to see how some of the momentum for some of these conference teams can shift based on those games. If Kansas goes into Kentucky and gets a win, that's going to be huge for momentum. If they lose, how much confidence are they going to have left after a really rough stretch? Same thing with K-State. So overall, it's been really competitive and really excited to see how the next two-thirds of conference play shake out. Yeah, this game Tuesday night for Kansas State and Iowa State is absolutely enormous um, because Kansas State is one week after uh, bringing KU into the buzzsaw that is Bramlage Coliseum. Now they have to go enjoy some Hilton magic where life is so difficult on road teams. But you're right, Baylor is a young team and Scott Drew's a great coach. He's going to put them together and they will get better as the season goes. But what's scary about this conference is there are no gimmies. There, I've said this all the time, but I watched Texas Tech play on Saturday at Bramlage Coliseum. That team is winless in the Big 12. And in past Big 12s, that's no way would that team be winless. They've got some players. They're long. They play good defense. Um, I'm just amazed at how tough this conference is. The big thing for this conference, I think, Michael, is how they do in this SEC Challenge. Mm -hmm. It's been kind of hovering around 500 for a few years now. But this feels like a year that the Big 12 could stick a 7-3 and three or 8-2 and two up on the SEC. We will see. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, Fitz, I really liked last week's question, which was how many losses will the Big 12 champion or champions have at the end of the season? One or two losses came in at 10%. Three or four losses got them vast majority at 80%. And five or six losses got an additional 10%. I tend to agree with B being three to four. Yeah, I'm actually amazed that many people voted for C, but it just shows mm -hmm. everyone recognizing that this conference is just brutal and people are going to get beat up. Well, here's this week's question. We're one-third of the way through Big 12 play, and the title race is close. Will any team in this league win the Big 12 crown outright in the regular season? A, yes. B, no. We could try to think up a C, and we just couldn't. Vote on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 all right, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KUNK State on the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. 
It is time to continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Michael KU added what is expected to be its final transfer over the weekend in running back Dylan McDuffie. The Jayhawks have 11 mid-year transfers. What do you think about the work KU did in the transfer portal? I think it's been a really strong job, and I'll tell you what fits. College football is really starting to become a 10-month-a-year yeah. sport, and January has been incredibly busy for the Kansas football staff. You mentioned McDuffie there. He probably will replace the spot of Kai Thomas, who, if you're watching on TV, you'll see on your screen right now, who is transferring to Kent State. KU's now in a spot scholarship-wise where if a player leaves, they have to fill that spot through the transfer portal, and that's what they've done with McDuffie. They lost someone in Kai Thomas, who was Minnesota's leading rusher during the 2021 season, and replaced him with someone like McDuffie, who was Buffalo's leading rusher in the 2021 season. He rushed for over 1,000 yards. He's someone that will have one year of eligibility left, will help improve the depth of that running backs room. And improved depth is really the theme of this transfer class, and it is exactly what Kansas needed to do. You look at KU starters on defense and they were pretty good but you go to the reserves and I think there's a bit of a drop off well all of a sudden you add someone like Demarius McGahee who was a former top 100 recruit nationally all of a sudden you got a cornerback there that can compete for starting snaps you've got someone in J.B. Brown a linebacker from Bowling Green who will be able to push those linebackers for starting snaps overall you're looking at the depth and competition something that Lance Leipold has talked endlessly about increasing and it's through the transfer portal it's going to happen through high school recruiting over years but over the course of a month in January and a little bit in December, KU has really replenished this roster with some of the additions. And you look at the defensive line being an area where KU really improved compared to the players they lost. And then offensively, I got to look at someone like Spencer Lovell, a six foot seven, 320 pound offensive lineman. KU has been smaller than the high end Big 12 teams. You've seen it against Kansas State for years. And then you go out and add someone like Lovell, who might have two years of eligibility left and will play guard at six foot seven and that weight. Overall, just really impressed by the work this coaching staff continues to do in the transfer portal. I'll tell you what fits. I know it's late January, but I cannot wait for spring football. I cannot wait for August for camp, and I cannot wait for September for the season to start. What is going on here? I'm the K-State guy. I'm going to talk about basketball the entire show, and the KU guy just had a football segment in January. I'm yeah. so confused. The transfer portal just, just changed everything. It has, and it's incredible. I also got to say, KU fans are really enjoying the football content. It's pretty cool to see the shift. Yeah, it is. All right, well, an ongoing story with Kansas State sports has been the students' insistence in using a vulgar chant directed at KU. I heard it firsthand on Tuesday. Now Jerome Tang has somehow stopped it. How did he do it, Fitz? Uh, it's it's a miracle, to be honest. I, I didn't think anyone could stop it. Uh, you know, a lot of administrators have tried, but everything K-State's administration tried to do in the past seemed preachy. Seemed like, I am your, you know, older person. You need to do it this way. And it just kind of ended up in the students pushing back and in assistance to, to chant the FKU chant. Um, um, in fact, it spread to, you know, Missouri was doing it on, for some reason the other mm -hmm. night. I, I can't understand Missouri. But um, it's... Uh, it's ugly, um, and it's been going on a long time. But it really goes back, uh, let's, let's be honest here, there's been a version of this for about 50 years. I grew up with a, a chant that was longer, but ended with that. And um, I, I've known that that's out there. But it was really only during the KU game. But a number of years ago, it started happening during the playing of the song Sandstorm inside Grandma's Coliseum. 
And when John Curry, the former athletic director, took a very high-handed approach um, to commanding the students to stop, it made it much, much worse. And that was kind of how John Curry approached everything. I'm going to tell you what to do, not try to encourage you. Um, and it spread uh, throughout a year-round thing where the students were determined to do it, and it got passed down generation to generation as the student body rolls over every four or five years. Jerome Tang put the homework in. That's how he changed it. He went to the students early in his uh, arrival in Manhattan and started doing these video series. They're amazing content up on social media called Hang With Tang. They'd take a purple couch, a love seat out on campus and park it. And he would sit down and talk to students, interview them about their hometown or their interests or why they like K-State. First of all, Jerome Tang should probably host a, a talk show at some point in his life because he was really good and he's everything about Jerome Tang comes across in those videos. But the students fell in love with the guy. So when he started to ask that it stop, and in football season, joining them during Wabash Cannonball in the stands, he got it stopped all but for the KU game. And it had disappeared all but for playing KU. Then on Tuesday night, the fans started doing it, the students on the court after the win, and he jumped on the microphone and asked them to stop and let a KSU chant. Michael, we're not going to see it again in the near future, if at all. He has stopped it cold, and the students have decided we agree with Coach. Let's make it about us instead of them, which is kind of the point everyone is always trying to make, but he did it the right way. Jerome Tang, is he just approaches things differently and gets it done. It's incredible. Yeah, he's a very impressive individual, and I think obviously winning helps us too, right? right. If they are a team that is struggling to win games, it's harder to listen to the head coach, but I'll, I'll give Jerome Tang credit. This has been really impressive, and I think it's pretty cool to want to make it all about Kansas State, and you know the term rent-free is used a lot, but to make it very internal and not looking at other people and right. other programs. So kudos to him. It's pretty cool. Yep, I agree. And now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local and we are local for you. All right, Fitz. Well, Patrick Mahomes injured his ankle on Saturday, but the Kansas City Chiefs still beat Jacksonville 27-20 to advance to the AFC Championship game. Can the Chiefs win the Super Bowl without a fully healthy Mahomes? I'll be blunt, I don't think so. And in watching Joe Burrow, who rolled into uh, Manhattan, into Kansas City last year um, and won, uh, it's going to be a problem now that the Bengals are coming to Kansas City for the AFC Championship because Joe Burrow can put up points. Um, and, you know, the Tony Romo today did a you know really nice comparison. He's basically running a Peyton Manning offense. You kind of dink and dunk and choose your moments to go downfield. Um, it's impressive. But what makes Patrick Mahomes so good isn't the, isn't the ability to throw the ball deep, isn't the ability to, um, you know, consistently throw the ball on the money. It's that he can move around, be creative. He can beat you with his legs. He can evade sacks because his offensive line isn't always good. And now having him limited in his mobility is a real problem for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, somehow Andy Reid uh, got him back out on the field. I think he went in there and did some surgery because that's Andy Reid. Um, you know, he's probably a skilled surgeon too. But they got him going again and he played to finish up. But you know what? The Chiefs were going to win this game. They were just better, but 27-20 over Jacksonville isn't blowing anyone away. Um, this is going to be an issue, and I'll see how – I'm eager to see how healthy he is for next week's game. Yeah, and with the ankle sprains too, you just don't know how it's going to react over the course of a week, and I think Mahomes is so mobile, and he uses that to his advantage. Yeah. I think that Cincinnati defensive line is going to really like that matchup. Yeah, it's, it's, going, to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. He's going to be under some pressure. And now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Medlark. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. 
All right, Fitz, our fan question this week is, Ish Masood has gone from rarely playing to being a valuable contributor for K-State. What has changed? And this is from Colton in Manhattan. Uh, now, you might have noticed that I didn't uh, mention Ish earlier in the show because I was saving him for this. It's absolutely incredible. He is another guy that has gotten so much better under Jerome Tang. Jerome Tang challenged him to be better, challenged him to take care of the little stuff um, and you know, play a, be a complete player that could defend too. And now he's defending and his shot has improved. His confidence has gone through the roof. Ishmael a big reason why K-State's winning right now. He's just shooting the lights out from three-point range, but that's not why he's playing. He's playing because he's rebounding and defending, something he didn't do at Wake Forest, and honestly he didn't do very well last year under Bruce Weber. Again, Tang has gotten it out of him. All right, well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. It's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now let's look at our predictions. Michael, is that okay if we do that? No, let's not. Let's okay. skip the segment. We have to. Uh, predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House. They pay for this, Michael. We got to do it. Uh, Meeting your friends at Kites and the Draft House since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went one and two. Uh, I was perfect, which, as my wife can attest, happens often. Uh, and Michael went 0-3. It's, 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 it's called a goose egg. And now here's this week's picks. I, I'm still trailing the fans. They're just smarter than us. Let's start with Kansas at Baylor. What a big game this is. We put Baylor down as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Mr. Swain. I'm going to take Kansas. Uh, Three-game losing streaks don't happen, and this strikes me as a game where Katie will come out and play really well defensively. Yeah, there's no word for magic at Baylor. But I'm going to take Baylor. I just think they're they're getting much better. Yeah, and, and next up, let's go to K-State at Iowa State. This is on Tuesday. Iowa State we have as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to rock with Hilton Magic. They are so tough to beat in that building. I'm going to play the homer here. I'm going to go with K-State, but I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it at all, Swain. But here's our last game of the week. It's Kansas at Kentucky. We put it as a pick 'em. We probably shouldn't because Kentucky, despite KU's problems, is not playing that well. What did you say about the, the certain head coach at Kentucky? Uh, he might be fraudulent. Yes, I would agree. I will take Kansas. I will take Kansas too, but this is also a little bit of a scary game. Oscar Shibway is legit. Yeah, he's really good, but boy, I hope Calipari goes to Texas. It'd just be so perfect, a perfect union of supervision. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. It's now time for our on the clock segment. On the clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a strong local community. We start off with Michael Swain of Fog.net. Well, Fitz, I'd like to talk about Bill Self and adjustments. I think you've seen this Kansas team play in a different brand or a different style than you've seen under Bill Self in recent years. That's a credit to him for adjusting, and now it's time to adjust again. I think Big 12 teams are starting to have a scouting report for how to attack this team right now. K.J. Adams inside is great, but he's not a 7-foot rim protector like Bill Self has had. There's going to be a pivot, and I'm interested to see what he does because if he doesn't, I'm a little concerned about the tra trajectory of this season for Kansas, but Baylor will be a really good opportunity getting a little bit of a week prep for 
Kentucky and then heading into the next two-thirds of Big 12 play. Really fascinating to see where Bill Self goes. Yeah, I am too. I'm really interested. Well, uh, folks, we, we knew that when the transfer portal came into place, it was going to impact college sports. I think most of us, though, thought it would be to the advantage of the haves and not the have-nots. Well, folks in Kansas can tell you it's working out pretty well. KU football is in the position it is because... They've got a good coach and the transfer portal. Kansas State basketball is in its position because they got a good coach. Oh, and transfer portal. The transfer portal changed things for everyone, but certain programs are really using it to their advantage. And for sports fans in the state of Kansas, it's a beautiful thing. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. I'm on the Twitter all the time. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.